Hello friends and welcome to the latest Kings of Anglia podcast. We're coming to you again on a Monday because there's so much to talk about that's happened since we last spoke. I'm your host Mark Heath. I'm in my own little bunker. Uh, picture me in my TV room surrounded by sporting memorabilia, whiskey bottles, not open. Uh, and I'm sitting here in a vest because it's so hot. Someone else who is also wearing a vest, I know, because we've already had a chat on Teams this morning, is the man like Hutch Hogan. Andy Warren, how are you, my friend? Sun's out, guns out, isn't it? Absolutely. You've got to get these mm. uh, these uh, these boulders out when you get the chance. Mm. Um, I say sun's out. I'm in my spare room with a <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> Mark, Mark, tell everyone what's just happened. <laughs> so yeah, so obviously you won't have seen that. We, we record this now on Skype, um, and we we do it as an audio call because the sound quality is better. But Stewie has just flashed up on video sitting. Topless, and I'd like to think, well, I say like to think, I'd imagine buck naked, flexed the guns, and then disappeared off the screen again. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> yeah, so that's what's just happened, um, which obviously took away Hutchie's train of thought and mine as well. Uh, but Hutchie, you were saying you're okay generally, other than that, that image you've just seen. Yeah, I've got nothing, I've got nothing else to add, quite frankly, after seeing, <laughs> after seeing that. And uh, a Rambo, Stewie, Dr. Watson, how are you, my friend? I'm good, thank you. I'm, I'm not. I'm not happy with these slanderous comments that you're making. Have you got trousers on? Obviously, no shorts. I'm not yeah. mental. I'm actually sat here in swimming shorts, uh, which is which is cool that I find um, underpant lining and all that. Uh, boys, as I, as I said, there's there's a lot to talk about. Hence, we're coming on a Monday again, um, which will probably be a bit, a bit more of a regular thing going forward. Sexy stuff, chief amongst them, and also the salary cap, but. Obviously, we have to start with sexy stuff um, over the weekend, a couple of developments. Hutchie, sexy stuff is is your domain. You love all this uh, gossip and whispering behind the scenes. Where should we start? There's obviously Danny Graham, there's Luke Garbutt, and there's a bit of Remy Matthews to talk about as well. Where do you want to start? Let's start with Luke Garbutt. Yes. Bring us up to speed then. The, the drama between Town and Sunderland for all three players, a battle going on. Uh, but Luke Garber, it appears we're, we're approaching end game. So just, just just brings up speed on that. Yeah. Um, we, we did a story on Friday, which every everything that I'm hearing is pointing towards Luke Garber going elsewhere. Um, Sunderland, Sunderland being the potential elsewhere, although there's still, there's still championship interest. I, I do wonder whether actually the fact he hasn't signed for a League One club yet means that there's... There's some real championship interest there because we're going to get onto the salary cap, but obviously his earning potential as a League One football player is now is now limited, like like so many. Um, but yeah, it does sound like he's heading elsewhere. What is going on in the background there? I just find a little bit of Liberty X as a as a bird. Oh, sexy <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that is that's a, te- a terrible terrible bed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not working for you. Uh, it's like that. That was akin to, to sleeping on the floor. No bed at all. Um, but anyway, I appreciate the sentiment, Stuart. Sorry. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> but yeah, um, that wasn't that. I think there was something from from the Northern Echo at the weekend saying that Town had come in with a last minute last minute offer, which wouldn't surprise me at all if that was the case, because they've been speaking to Luke Garbett and his and his representative since before the turn of the year about the potential of a um of a permanent move but um mm. 
as I understand it at the moment, it, it, that's un, it does seem unlikely, but not, but certainly not impossible. Because as as Luke has always said, he'd never rule out a a permanent move to Ipswich. I just don't think it it's necessarily top of his top of his agenda. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the report from the Northern Echo was, was, was saying that Town had made a final approach, i.e. a final offer, and um, Garbutt was going to make a decision before next weekend, this weekend, as it stands now. Stewie, what's, what's your thoughts on, on Garbutt? How how important do you think he is to to Town? Is it is it important that Town sign Luke? Um, I'd, I'd have liked him to be here again, because... He did a lot of good things for Ipswich Town last season. There's no getting away from it. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want it to sound disrespectful when I when I say this, but I wouldn't be breaking the bank to sign him. Uh, as much mm. as I'd like him to come back here, um, I thought he was much better further forward up the pitch. His best football came playing on the left of the four four two early in the season, or as a wing back um, when they switched to that. I think when he when he then moved back to a more traditional left back towards the end of the season, I thought his performances dipped along along with a lot of other players. It has to be said, um, one of his big assets is is the set pieces. Obviously, we all remember the, the Tranmere free kick and the early part of the season, some of the set pieces that he was whipping in, but they did dry up a little bit towards the end of the season. There was a couple of games that sort of stood in my mind where he sort of continually wasn't beating the first man and you kind of thought, where, where is the set pieces gone from earlier in the season? Um, he's a good League One player, but I think there are bigger priorities for Ipswich. I think that left side does need looking at, but as I've said before in previous pods, I think a striker and, and a centre-back would be where I'd be looking to put the bulk of a now very limited budget because of this salary cap stuff. Mm. Obviously, we'll talk about the salary cap later on. Hutchie, where do you stand on the Garbutt thing? Do you agree with Stu there? It's not the end of the world if Town don't sign. It's more the psychological thing, isn't it, I suppose, for Town fans? Because they're seeing other clubs make signings left, right and centre. Garbutt's obviously been linked with Town since, well, as you say, pretty much all season, potentially um, coming back here. And if they then see him sign somewhere else, it's more the psychological thing, more almost than his abilities as a player, would you say? Yeah, possibly, possibly it would be a, it would be a statement from Ipswich to go out yeah. and, and and bring a, a loan player in permanent because it's not you know Ipswich have had quite a lot of loan players over the last last five six years and you never really got the impression that any of them we're talking about Selena Lawrence Ryan Fraser here were ever gonna come permanently because they were simply out of Ips- Ipswich's price range. With Garbert, the plan was very definitely bring him in, have a good season, get promoted, sign him as a sign sign him as a free agent, as a championship footballer. And yeah. he was the he's the poster boy for, for kind of last season really, because he started like an absolute train for Ipswich, just like the team did. And then mm. and then it, it looked for all the world that it was just destined that he would help them get up and then they'd they'd come together full time at the end of it. But um yeah, I probably I probably would agree with Stu there in terms of not not breaking the bank, not not kind of pushing yourself too far to, to sign him because I think if you did do that, you'd be risking not being able to bring anybody else in at all. Mm. Um, but but yeah, I, I and I, I also would I would worry about him coming in as a full on left back as such. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd be happy if he signed. Certainly, I wouldn't. Um, 
I wouldn't be I wouldn't be devastated if he signed because he's a good player and he's a good character as well. But um, sadly, I, I can't I can't really see it happening. The replacement's already there anyway, Stu. You did a bit talking about potential left back targets if they don't get Garbutt, uh, and I've decided the answer is Dimitri Mitchell. Um, so that's that's who I'm most interested in town signing now. Former. You know, you know where Dimitri Mitchell is currently training, right? Uh, Sunderland. <laughs> uh, yeah, Sunderland. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, we'll get on to it because obviously that brings on to a segue. I just want to read um, a couple of thoughts from the Carry Army before we move on to, to Danny Graham. But obviously, Town v Sunderland is going to be a bit of a theme this summer, and, and obviously, you'd imagine going into the season as well. James Johnson, double J, J Money, J Squared says, I think Garbutt will go for whatever the best money is. He's going to have to take a massive pay cut. And as much as he may have enjoyed his time at Ipswich last season, <clears throat> if Sunderland do offer a lot more, he's going to take it. We can only offer what we can afford. Um, and John Watson, leader of the uh, Kings of Anglia Army North Battalion up there in, in Sunderland, actually, I believe he is. Um, so offering an insight, he says, Hi, fellas. For me, Garbutt is good, but it's not the end of the world if we don't get him, as long as we bring in a quality left back to match KVY on the right. And he goes on to talk about Danny Graham. Um, he says decent uh, at what he does, but I imagine his wages are significant. Is that the direction we want to go? I'd rather go younger and hungrier. So let's talk about Danny Graham now, Hutchie. Um, town linked with former ex, uh, ex-Blackburn striker Danny Graham. Um, just brings up speed on that, first of all, then we can have a chat about your thoughts. Yeah, uh, that's one one that I heard about over the weekend. Um he he's a player Paul Lambert knows really well. He Lambert signed him initially on loan for Blackburn in 2016. Um, he made that move permanent in the end, but that was after Lambert had gone. Um, he scored goals for Blackburn in the Championship and scored a lot of goals for Blackburn in League One a couple of years ago when they got promoted. Played a lot of games last season. Um, only scored four goals, I think he scored, but he played the majority of the games and played in the the games kind of when football restarted for Blackburn in the championship. So he fits, he, he ticks a lot of boxes. He's the, the the kind of the target man that we've spoken about on here, potentially being something they need. He scores goals. He's a good character. Uh, he knows the league. He knows the manager. Um, mm. But there are some obvious hurdles here in that he's coming out of the championship where he's played most of his football in his career and the, the salary is going to be an issue there. Um, I would imagine particularly now that um, Ipswich are under the salary cap, Sunderland are interested. He's played for Sunderland before. Um, he's from the northeast. There's some very obvious ge- geographical challenges that they'd have to get over there as well. Um, so, yeah, it's another one that sadly I think I think it will probably end up with him him going elsewhere. I'm led to believe there were some, some pretty serious talks regarding Ipswich and Danny Graham last week um but it sounds like they're not going to come to a a conclusion for him to sign to Ipswich and in in fact probably possibly go back go back to Sunderland so that's another one another one to tick off Sunderland just signing signing all the town targets um Stewie Danny Graham Hmm. Hutchie says it's unlikely by the sound of it but what what do you make of him as, as a potential target um I'm coming at this from a bit more of a pragmatic viewpoint, and I kind of said what I said about Keogh. I was, I was a little bit more keen on that than the new boys were. I do get that people are saying Ipswich have gone down this route of uh, older players 
many times in recent years and it's backfired on them. John Walters, um, who else have we got in there? There's There's been a few, hasn't there, that has come back to bite them. Um, and we need to go down this younger, hungrier route and develop a team. But I, I look at the age of this team next season and you could have Wolfenden, Kenlock, Downs, Dazelle, Bishop, Lancaster, maybe Dobber and El Mazzuni. That is as excited as we are about all of all of those players. It is a young team. It is a team that's going to need developing. And I just think you might need a little bit more leadership around them in the short term to help them as well. Mm. And I just that's the pragmatic viewpoint for me that I, I wouldn't be completely adverse to a short-term signing or to a fresh voice to help Chambers in, in the dressing room. Um, and that's why I think they've probably looked at the likes of, of Keogh and Graham. And as Andy says, he's you look, look at what Tony Mowbray said about Danny Graham. He, he still trusted him last season in the championship. Um, 14 starts, 24 appearances off the bench. He basically said that the reason he's going is that we need to start developing a different brand of football that can take us to the next level. But Danny Graham was a, a key, key part of them getting promoted a, a couple of years ago. Um, a target man type that's completely different to what Ipswich have got amongst their forward ranks last season. I can I can see why it would appeal. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I feel differently about this one to, than I do to Keogh in that um, with Keogh, it, it, was, it was the injury that was an issue for me and the fact that I... Ipswich do have that older head in defence. Whatever you think of Luke Chambers, um, I, I didn't necessarily think that the bringing in Richard Keogh was enough of an upgrade on Chambers, albeit he would be an upgrade in a playing sense on Chambers. But with the injury, I, I just didn't think there was enough of a benefit there. But with Graham, I feel a little bit differently in that they have missed that kind of rugged, going to put the ball in the net at all costs, centre-forward focal point. Of, mm. of the team, I think that could it could be a real benefit of them to bring in somebody like that. I probably still would edge towards a, a forward who could play in one of the wider, wider forward roles. But in terms of this one, I, I'd be a lot more favourable to a, a Danny Graham kind of signing than maybe the Keo one. Sadly, though, I, I don't think it's going to happen. Obviously, Keo's gone elsewhere. Just in terms of thoughts from the Carey Army on on Graham, we have quite a lot. Obviously, um, signing a striker is indeed uh, sexy. Um, James Smith shares a, a picture, one of those great pictures of Matt Hancock playing football with his comment. If you've not seen those pictures of Matt Hancock um, playing football, get on Twitter or on Google and, and look at them now because they are tremendous. Clearly a man who's never kicked a ball in his life. Um, anyway, James says, I'd take Graham. He'd get, he would get goals, but as a long-term signing, we'd be back to square one. If we did get promoted, we'd need a new striker. Brad simply says, Andy's been vocal about assigning a striker who can cover one of the wide positions. I'm now leaning more towards having an out-and-out -out target man. I feel Norwood's too much of a risk in regards to his attitude and application. So I feel getting Graham would be big. Uh, Matt Thomas, friend of the show, Matt Thomas, whilst getting someone like Graham would be a great attacking addition to the club, is there an argument, two or three signings aside, we actually already have the squad to compete for the division. We just need to use the right formation and stick to a style. And Jack adds, Graham only scored four last season is approaching 35, would hope Clark Harris or Winnell wouldn't break our wage structure too much. Uh, and he goes on to say um, about the other two potential links, we don't need Matthews, in my opinion. 
We've got two decent young keepers to back up Holy, um, and it's wasted wages. He says, I would love Garbutt back, but I can't see it. Um, so, yeah, certainly Graham seems to be getting, getting people talking. Um, Can I bring you some breaking news? Yes. Uh, Ipswich Town have got a new face with them for training this week. Uh, former Republic, this isn't a Mick McCarthy signing, just to be clear. Yeah. Former Republic of Ireland international Stephen Ward is training with Ipswich. Okay. This week. What do we make of that then, boys? That breaking news. Experienced left back says to me that Luke Garbutt probably, Not probably <laughs> isn't coming to Ipswich. Yeah. Siri, any thoughts? Oh, he, he's one that's intrinsically linked to Mick McCarthy, isn't he? Stephen Ward. I think there was always uh, accusations from Wolves and Islands fans that he was he was Mick's sort of uh, favourite. Played whenever. Uh, how old is he? I'm just looking up. 34, 34 now. 34, yeah. Played for Stoke, uh, Stoke last season. Can play left wing back. I mean, yeah, it's it's the alternative option to Luke Garber, isn't it? Um, again, you know, I've just said about maybe getting in. It's very clear now. I think we're now seeing a picture from, we know they were interested in Keogh. We know they're interested in Graham. Now Stephen Ward is training with them. I think this speaks volumes about Paul Lambert knowing that he's going into next season under pressure from the off. He's got a, a lot of young players that he always talks about. You're going to get inconsistency, ups and downs with young players. I think they have obviously put leadership and experienced very high in their attributes, have wanted attributes this summer to help these young lads along next season. Um, we talked about some of the sort of people like John Nolans and, and others that are, there is a league, good League One players in them, but is, is there, were they up for the pressures of playing at Portman Road uh, as big boys in League One? Mm. I think this is all pointing towards Lambert wanting a bit more, uh, a bit more personality and, and leadership uh, in, in his squad. Mm. Hutchie, would you agree? Is, is, is veteran leadership something that town need? Obviously, Luke Chambers, inspirational captain. Do they need more more leaders, though? They need different leaders. I, yeah, I, I'd agree. I think you, you, there are a lot of quiet, quiet footballers in that in that side that haven't haven't necessarily got got it in them to kind of drag a team to where they want to go. Mm. Um, yeah, players like players like this are gonna are gonna help that. No doubt. Um, I, I think it definitely does say to me that the Garbutt thing probably isn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely more than just a favour for somebody trying to keep fit as well, because there's no way that, that someone like Stephen Ward would come and train somewhere at Ipswich without the hope of getting a contract. So um, interesting, interesting. And it wouldn't shock me at all if this went on to be went on to be a deal that got done. Yeah. How would you feel, Stewie, start of uh, next season? It's a month on Saturday, lining up opening day, starting left-back, Stephen Ward. Would you be comfortable with that? Would you be happy with that? He's a good player. He's played a lot of um, Premier League football. I know he dropped championship last season um, with Stoke. <laughs> Again, it's the it's the age thing. I don't think from memory that he's he's ever been he's been one that's never really been injury prone. Um quite a reliable character and as I say, I do think it needs 
I just think it needs, there's no slight on Luke Chambers, but I just think he's carried the can in terms of leadership for a long time. And he's always said that if my voice gets old, which it, w- it would do, you know, he's been the captain for a lot of these young lads for, for a long time. Um, I just think a different voice, a different personality, just something, another person to kind of demand higher standards of, of those around them, people who've played at higher levels that can drag some of these, these young lads um, along with them. Um, I'm not I'm not completely adverse to it. Uh, Ipswich need to get out of this division sooner rather than later with everything that's happening with the salary cap. There might have to be one or two short-term pragmatic decisions made to... Uh, to help that it's not we're not talking about blocking people's pathways we're we're hopefully talking about developing younger players rather than sort of limiting limiting their chances Mm. it's not it's not a great not not a great sign for miles kenlock again is it who who under under a succession of succession of managers has had games here and there done okay never had the real run that he'd have want he'd have wanted and um yeah, pretty, pretty which, clear. Which pretty clear. Makes it all the more bizarre that they handed him a new contract, a new three-year contract that they gave him yeah. not yeah, that long, long ago. Long ago, Lambert. So if you if you've rated him enough to give him a three-year deal with a, with an option, he's yeah he's contracted to twenty twenty-two with a further twelve-month option, and yet as you say, it's just a few managers now that have never quite fully trusted him. Um, if you were to bring in another. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he doesn't see Ward as a starter. Maybe he sees him as someone just direct competition for for Kenlock. I don't, I don't know. Um, I think if he signs, he's the starter. Mm, I, I, you would yeah, imagine. I think so. Hutchie, how would you feel about him being the starter? Um, I feel all right about it. I think. I don't. I yeah. don't think there's anything wrong with having a. He, he's not. He's not a Kane Vincent Young type, but he's also. He's also not kind of a let's play Luke Chambers at right back kind of defender either. He can get forward a little bit, can't he? He's a, he'd, he'd offer some good balance there if you had Vincent Young on one side, marauding and, and Ward maybe a little more, a little more steady, but still able to get forward good on the ball. Um, the other. So I think, I think they're doing exactly the right thing. If they've managed to convince him to come in and train with the club for a week, that's great because not every player's up for that. There are plenty of players who would say, no, I've got a CV behind me. You want me, you sign me. So I think that that shows a good, that shows a good character from the start that he's happy to come in and, and train and, and try and win a deal there. Um, so yeah, no, I'd be okay with it. Mm. I'd be okay with it. Just, just thinking out loud. Yeah. Yeah. I think I would too, looking at his pedigree, obviously he's, he's, he's played a lot of games. He's got a lot of experience. Uh, and like Stewie says, I can see the, the argument for bringing in more leadership into that dressing room. Um, if, it, so- if it's Stephen Ward on a significantly less money than Luke Garber and then enables you to go and do something else in the squad and have Stephen Ward, that to me makes more sense than blowing a lot of money on, on Luke Garber and restricting yourself elsewhere. That's yeah. how I feel about it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Dimitri Mitchell, not for me anymore, I'm afraid. It's all about, it's all about Stephen Ward. <laughs> um, Hutchie, I'm expecting you to go quiet at some point while you while you you simultaneously talk to us and um, update the web with Stephen Ward. Is that something I, that you're? It's, it's done. It's, uh, he's unbelievable, isn't he, Stewie? The boy Hutch. He is different gravy. <laughs> different gravy. Um, which just leaves us after exciting breaking news. Um, Towns left back position sorted. Prop- 
problem solved um, is the keeper issue. Remy Matthews, obviously we know, was also training with Town or is training with Town. He's also been linked with Sunderland. Um, and, and what's the latest there, Hutchie, in terms of in terms of Remy Matthews? I don't think he is training with them anymore. Is he um, not? No. Um, yeah, I, I think he's going to Sunderland, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Which, um, yeah, I, yeah, Ipswich would really like him, but it, it sounds to me like the juggling act that Stu's just talked about there in terms of juggling priorities um, may just see that Matthews is the ball that gets dropped by the juggler in that the where, I think it maybe tells you where a second goalkeeper fits on the mm-hmm. on the uh, on the priority sheet. It's, it's the lowest priority. It's got to be, hasn't it? Um, I, I know I said in a previous podcast that I I would back going and getting a another senior goalkeeper. Just but the, my mind is changed on that now because of the salary cap. You are only going to be able to do limited business this summer and goalkeeper is unfortunately going to have to be something that falls by the wayside and you, you take your chance with uh, with a couple of the younger lads and hope that uh, they can they can step up if if when required. Mm. I guess particularly now that Harry, to include Harry Wright in the, in the named squad that you're going to have to name, um, he would be an overage player, wouldn't he, now under the salary cap? So you are going to be counting his wage towards towards that cap. So if, if you're going to include him in that at all, it makes sense for him to be one that's kind of primed and, and ready for action. I'd, so I, I would probably expect them to go into the season with him as the him as the backup now. Mm. Looking at the uh, the mood amongst the KOA army, um, not a lot of love for Rui Matthews, it has to say. John Watson, uh, I'd go holy as number one, make the big man feel loved and he'll produce. A decent backup is only important if the wages are there. Just like Stewie says, I'd prefer to strengthen elsewhere first. Centre-back, left-back and striker. Um, backup keeper important for sure, but not vital. Matthew Ray Dobson says on the on the Graham tip, presumably Graham is just being brought in to be a target man to add the option. I'm not excited by it, but I'll take it. Prefer Harris as he'll bring goals as well. And he says we need to get Garber if only to stop Sunderland getting him. Plus a very handy set-piece man needs to play on the wing. Um, and just finally on, on the, the transfer stuff, Sean Young says, Garbert, yes, please. Matthews, if he's a man, we can just stick with him and not change goalkeeper every week, though. And he says, Graham, not for me. Rather, we signed a younger player with a plan to improve and sell on a profit. Um, before we get into the salary cap stuff, which is obviously an important conversation to have, boys, Ipswich and Sunderland. Um, what are your thoughts on that dynamic? Obviously, two of the bigger, the, the big clubs in League One. Um, it's probably the one club you wouldn't want Town to be competing with in terms of signing players, though, isn't it? Yeah, I think with all three of these, there are, there are beyond the financial side mm-hmm. of it. That for all three of these players, if they all ended up at Sunderland, there are reasons for that. And Danny Graham, aside from times with Watford and then a little bit of time at Swansea, he's spent almost all of his career in the in the north of England and the northeast, yeah, in particular. So that wouldn't surprise me there. Luke Garbutt. Um, has grown up in Leeds, family all there, spent a decade living in Liverpool. I know Sunderland is still a fair way, but you can, you can juggle your life a bit in situation around being equidistant between those. And, and Remy Matthews is a, a player who played under Phil Parkinson um, while they were both at Bolton together. So there are reasons why all three of those could go the way that they are quite possibly going to go in terms of them signing signing for Sunderland. But uh, it also says that these are two clubs that are just 
fighting in the same same recruitment pool, doesn't it, Stu? Mm-hmm. Just this, this... Yeah, they're in the same boat as Ipswich in terms of the, the salary cap as well. They'll have the same constraints. Um, but, yeah, they're of, they have similar, you know, Sunderland have bigger crowds, obviously, but they're at the, to- the topper end, the, the higher end of uh, revenue for League One. It makes sense that they're going to be kind of fighting for the same players. I think with Remy Matthews, he's obviously, you know, from Norfolk. Um, you know, so he'll, you know, he's obviously been in training, he's got links to this part of the world. But for him, I think for goalkeepers particularly, they'll, they'll choose their club based on who they think they've got more chance of playing for. Um, and McLaughlin's left Sunderland, hasn't he? He's gone up. He's gone up to Rangers. So I don't know whether he thinks that there's more of a chance of him establishing himself as number one there. Um, that that will play a big part in it. Um, players will just in Garbett's case, he, he may well just be weighing up, you know, who he thinks has got more chance of, of getting promoted. And uh, he's seen firsthand sort of what the vibe is down at Ipswich last season. Um, maybe maybe he just feels that Sunderland have got got more chance of getting promoted next year. So there, there are loads of factors. It's not just a case of who can slap the most money on the table because I don't think there'll be that much difference in terms of what these two clubs can can offer at the moment. Mm. And that is a perfect segue, Stu, talking about money and balls on the table. We know that the negotiations are done. Um, salary cap happened last Friday. Salary cap is coming in, voted through. This is this is terrible news for Ipswich Town, isn't it? It's not great. That's not great at all. It's not great for Ipswich, Sunderland, Portsmouth, the, the main three. Um, they they have sort of lobbied very hard against this behind the scenes. They had some allies, uh, Oxford to name one, but ultimately they didn't get enough. Um, two-thirds majority was required, and, and that is exactly what, what happened in the end. 16 clubs voted for it. I think one abstained. Um I think it went right down to the wire. Um, the Portsmouth chief exec has said that you know a couple that they hoped would be on their side changed their mind on the on the day. Um, to me, this feels like a real rushed reactionary move post COVID financial crisis. Um, football has long needed to get its finances in order. We've known that. That's what financial fair play was was brought in for. And, and in League One's case, the uh, salary cap manage or salary cost management protocol which is essentially their version of ffp so um they've had a long time to make that work and they never really robustly enforced it enough and that's what's led us to this point um it just seems absolutely mad that you're telling ipswich and sunderland and portsmouth who get crowds of 15 20 30 000 that they can only spend the same amount as as accrington you would not. You would not get that in the Premier League, would you? Oh, sorry, Man City. You can only spend exactly the same amount as, as Bournemouth can. Mm. Um, it, for me, they had to find a way to link it to uh, to revenue, and it, this just seems very reactionary and forced. And, and it is going to leave Ipswich in a uh, a sticky situation. Mm. I mean, look, you can see the the idea behind it to level the playing field, to to cut, bring down costs and and salaries and all sorts and. And make it more of a, like I say, an, an evening playing field in in League One. But for me, it, as you say, Stu, it's just it's just all wrong. It, it should be linked. It should be linked to the the revenue the club produces. Surely, otherwise, you're literally penalising clubs for being successful and making money. Um, Hutchie, what's your take on the salary cap? 
think the salary cost management protocol was the, the perfect way to do it. But yeah. it, it, it's it's it, it's ridiculous, really. I I feel really quite strongly about this. The whole the whole thing's utterly ridiculous. That Ipswich and Sunderland, Ipswich had crowds seven times bigger than both Burton and Accrington last season. But you're you're now telling clubs of Ipswich, Portsmouth, Sunderland sides that they can't that they can't spend this 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 extra revenue that they're making. It, it it's completely bizarre. Um, it's pretty telling to me that it's come in at, at League One and League Two level before the Championship, mm. um, which you know we've discussed loads of times about how how this the gap is is getting bigger, and this is this is a, a hammer blow to to making that gap almost insurmountable um, at times. So it, I, I'm just I'm I'm really shocked that it's gone through like this, and it, but you can't blame the clubs that have voted for mm. it because because. Of course, they're going to vote for it. Um, this is the thing for me. Where, where's the leadership been from the from the EFL? We're going back to the same way that the season ended. It just oh, we'll, we'll just chuck it to a members' vote. You know, of course, people are going to vote in in self interest. That's what that's the way the league ended in such a messy fashion after several ongoing meetings and, and votes. And the same has happened here again. Now it's you know where where is the leadership from the EFL that are meant to represent three divisions here, the Championship, League One and Two, and yet the Championship seems to be operating in its own entity. Mm. And this all this all points towards a breakaway of a, a Premier League and a Premier League Two, ultimately, because the gap in... Uh, championship hasn't voted one uh, salary cap in yet, and it may well not even do so. Um, but they're talking about 18 million for them. I mean, what a jump from two and a half million to 18. Mm. You know, it's all very well getting promoted from from League One, but how how is a club then going to survive that that jump up without sort of coming straight back down? And it's just mm. I don't know. It just feels like again Ipswich have just found themselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know, the music has stopped and and there's no chair for them to sit on, and it's it's worrying. It is worrying. That's that's the thing. The big thing for me, I think, Stu, is you you hit the nail on the head there. The gap to the Championship is massive. Um, and it's for me, it's just epically short-sighted of clubs to vote for that in, in, in League One, where if you get promoted, how can you possibly hope to compete with that sort of jump? Um, it, it really is, as you say, it does seem to be sectoring off the top two tiers and, 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 and League One and League Two are going to be cut adrift and, and that's it. Um, but in terms of the... I mean, obviously, we all feel quite strongly about this and it's great and I love the passion, but in terms of how it's actually going to affect... Town, Stewie. Can you run us through some of the details? How it's all going to work? Yeah, I, d- I did a piece on on Friday ahead of the vote, um, which talked about how this could affect Ipswich Town. Now you can you can regard that now, delete it, don't read it because it's out of date. Because a lot of that was based on the reported figures that this was going to be based around. Now it turns out that they're much higher than than we anticipated. So. To help clubs transition, they've basically said that any contracts signed before the salary cap was introduced will be treated as the League One average. So someone like James Norwood, for example, who is one of the higher earners at Ipswich, will just be capped at the average. Now, we thought the average was going to be 1300 a week. It turns out that the average is nearer 2200 a week so it's it's a it's 113 grand a year per player so if you earn more than that 
for salary cap purposes, that's what it's treated as. So, and that's only for players that are under 21 at the turn of the year. Why they've picked the turn of the year as a cutoff point instead of seasons, I don't know. That's another bizarre thing. But ultimately, Andy and I went through the squad earlier and worked out how many players will be on above the average. And there's basically most of them are going to be earning more than 2,200 a week. So that that works out about a £2 million wage bill at the moment. So it gives them about half a million quid to, to work with, which is nine, nine grand a week is their kind of wiggle room now. Mm. So ori- originally I talked, when we were working on the first figures, I thought they had a wiggle room of about 25 grand a week, which I was thinking, great, you can go out and sign four or five decent players on competitive League One wages for that. It's not too bad. You can have a bit of a go at it this summer, but nine grand a week. You can you, now you're talking about going out and signing. It depends how much they want to pay people, but a, a couple of good signings, mm. you know. And that's why we talk about goalkeeper probably having to go by the wayside now. They need to probably pick two positions that they want to strengthen, and that's probably it. That's that's where they're at. And then next year it gets even more harder because that cap, that average, goes up again to 125 grand. So I've had a look at next year because certain players are going to go over the limit of 21 and their wage comes into it. I think next year, as it stands with this squad, they will bust that cap next year. So they they were already going to have to start thinking about which players they want to release next summer. And they've got plenty of options there because there's several players that are going to be out of contract. But that's how immediately this is going to affect Ipswich. Yeah. Just let that sink in as well, that figure, 113 grand a year. Average salary for a League One player in the third tier of, of English football. That's that's staggering to me. Hachi, anything else you want to you want to say on the salary cap? I've got quite a lot I'd like to say on the salary cap. I, the thing that the thing that staggers me is that if you look at the three EFL divisions, <clears throat> which one of them is the biggest car crash financially? Obviously, <clears throat> League One and League Two have got clubs that are kind of closer to the to the dotted line in terms of what the finance is and, and how such small variations in finance can impact them. But the, the championship is an absolute car crash yeah. in a financial <laughs> sense. But the, but the one, that, but the one that's the ones that have been addressed are, are leagues one and two that already had a sustainable kind of financial policing structure in place, which to, to say that a club can't spend more than 60% of their annual turnover on their on their playing salaries, is that not perfectly adequate mm. in terms in terms of a policing? I, I, that just makes way more sense, doesn't it? It just makes so much more sense. Sixty yeah. percent is a, is a good figure. You look in the championship. Ip- Ipswich, one of the lesser offenders in this, were were paying one hundred and eight percent of their turnover. There there are some that are paying significantly higher than that on 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 players' wages. It, it's it's absolutely staggering to me that they've that they've so heavily handicapped um sort of league one league one particularly with with these figures and not done anything to address the absolutely ridiculous division that is the championship because i'm I'm sure there's fears there that the the premier league aren't gonna aren't gonna allow them to do it i would imagine that the premier league are going to push back against salary caps in the championship because they want clubs coming up to their premier league to be able to and be able to compete while they're up there. You see how much flack Norwich got this mm. year f- for for not investing mm. more more money, more 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 money 
and subsequently go down go down the Premier League don't want that so I can imagine that they're not going to be particularly keen on a on a on a salary cap coming in on the championship but league one and league two are, are easy easy targets mm-hmm. and this, this could actually have the opposite effect in league one as to, as to what they wanted because if you're a club who has a annual wage bill of two million for example this might actually encourage you to overreach and spend more than you've actually got because you might go well no one else can spend more than two and a half. So if everyone else is spending two and a half, we, you know, we could push it. We, you know, why don't we take a gamble and spend half a million pound more to be truly competitive? And and then where does that leave them? If they're you're actually encouraging clubs to spend more than they've got, which is the absolute opposite of what this has set out to achieve. It's the, the whole thing is just mad. And as you say, it's it, there's no balls at the top end of the game to address the real problems. And, and League One and League Two is just it's just easy, easy for them to kind of, you know, do that at, the, at this level. But um, it's mad. It's mad. Mm. How important does it make it that Town get out of League One this this coming season, though? Because it's only going to get worse, isn't it? As, as you say, as you as you move on, if, the longer you stay in the third tier, the more it's going to impact your entire structure. Yeah, uh, I think it. I think it's. I think it's really important. Um, I don't think you could put anything more on it than that. Like the the more oh. you cut th- this year is there as a a transition transitional year. There are some there are some contracts in on Ipswich's books at the moment that will that will remain kind of under the on the league the league one average for next season. But then just trying to renew anybody's contracts is going to be really difficult next. Oh. It's, next it's, summer. It's going to make it hard to uh, the 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 level the quality of this division will drop because it will mean some players probably make decisions to drop into League One because they think that they can play more football, improve their reputation, and that is more important to to them. But if the level of money is that vast between the Championship and League One, then you might think, actually, I'll just go to a a Championship club and be a, a squad player because I can earn four times as much money or whatever you know so league one clubs in general are going to find it harder to attract that sort of level of player that's kind of halfway house between championship and and league one so it's it's going to be difficult and that's before we've even mentioned the the limit on squad numbers as well it's it's Mm. 20 22 players aged 21 or over this year and then that that number drops to 20 next year now by my calculations Ipswich have now got 24 players at the moment so already they've got they're going to have to leave two players out of their squad now there's a couple of obvious candidates in in um yeah well Drynan who's taking up a place who's not played for the first team yet he's 22 and then you're probably looking at um couple of the younger lads like Morris and Falami, I think what this has done is is made it almost certain that one or both of those will go out on loan this season. Next year, because of certain players, they've got a lot of players on that cusp of 21, they will have 27 players as it stands over the age of 20, 21 or over, and they need to get that down to 20. So that already tells you the amount the amount of trimming that they have to do next year mm. to get to get within these these new constraints. It's probably worth talking about as well about how just how much is included in in this salary cap as well. It's not just it's not just basic wages. It's not as if Ipswich can now offer people very small basic wages with massive 
um, bonusing, like goal bonuses, appearance fees or anything. That's all counted as part of it, as are agents' fees, which Ipswich... Ipswich spent three hundred grand, more than three hundred grand, in the last two transfer windows alone on on agents' fees, mm. which uh, count towards the cap. So, in terms of wiggle room, it, it's it's really it's really minimal. And and just as a word of warning as well, I, I've seen that some people have suggested that oh well, we can just Marcus can just find them other ways in terms of I don't know, give them a house or mm. or things like that. That that ain't happening. That. Because if you, you just have to look to rugby for that, and uh, what happened mm. with Sar- what happened with Saracens, yeah. in that in that that's what the owner there at Saracens uh, did in, in terms of giving players they've got a hard salary cap in rugby just like this. Players were given decent, you know, proper proper market rate salaries, but then also I think there there was suggestions that the owner there invested in these players' off field businesses, bought them houses, things like that. Mm. And that and that resulted in, in Saracens being incredibly heavily, heavily, heavily punished for mm. for that. So it's not it's not something that's. I don't think there's going to be ways around this um, for rich owners. So I think it's something they're going to have to try and and work with. But the best way to work in it is to get out of League One straight away. Mm. It might make it harder to keep hold of younger players. Just that one extra year that you can convince a young player stay with us, you'll play more games, it's better for your development. But if you've got a representative or an agent whispering in your ear that you're on you're on two, two and a half grand a week here and I can get you, I don't know, 20, 30 in the championship or whatever, then all of a sudden those little nagging doubts about, and you know, you could get a cruciate knee injury in the next month and that's, you know, this move is gone. Those conversations about keeping hold of Wolfenden or Downs, who I think are both happy to be here at the moment and like being at Ipswich and see it as the right place for them to be. But all of a sudden this makes mm. those conversations a lot more difficult further down the line. Mm. It's worth pointing out as well, the fines, isn't it? They're talking about the reported fine is going to be for every pound you go over, you get fined three quid. So you could, you could quickly rack up quite, quite significant fines under that. Yeah. Love- and, and beyond that as well, it's not, that can't go on forever at some no. point, at some point it then moves on to points penalties and, and other, and other things. So it's not like a multi multi-millionaire owner can just suck it up and, uh, and yeah. pay off these fines. Um, so yeah, it, it, it does sound like there's the policing there to make it happen. The only, it does sound like um, the only kind of bonuses, uh, we need a bit more clarity on this, Maybe, but it sounds like the only bonuses you could maybe sneak through. I think you can, you could maybe compensate players with very heavy cup bonuses for progression in cups. But anybody that signs for Ipswich Town and expects <laughs> to receive a cup bonus as part of their salary is taking their life, taking their taking their life in their hands, aren't they? And I yeah. think there's there's also the potential of a hefty promotion bonus as well. I I believe that they might be exempt, but. Right. No, but, yeah. it, but 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 then that's a real gamble for a player to that to take to take that so what, it'll what be interesting loans, to see Andy because tran- transfer fees obviously aren't included in this I wonder about loan fees I don't quite know if there's a loophole there that if instead of paying x percentage of their wage to the parent club you could weight it more towards a bigger loan fee and effectively you're not paying a great deal towards their wages but the parent club has been compensated 
by weighting it more yeah. towards a, a loan fee. So then you're getting a better quality of player and their wage isn't necessarily counting too heavily towards that. And that's another fear for me that for all the talk about Ipswich getting away from loan players and um, that this might kind of force them down down that route potentially as well. Yeah, I, yeah, quite possibly. That does sound like a, 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 you know, we'd have to see all the small print of this. I don't know if we ever will, but the, the EFL did publish a very lengthy document on the salary cost management protocol, which, which I went through in far too much detail for my own good last summer but I'm, I'm sure they'll do the same on the same on this where some little little nuggets and you might offer you some some relief in there some way but yeah that could well happen couldn't it in that you that it actually does stunts the growth of, of of some players because your own young players are suddenly more expensive to get involved than a 22 year old loanee from from Everton mm. and yeah I, I'm not convinced by this salary cap at all uh, and I, I would be very interested to see how the PFAs reported legal challenges to it. I think they called it in. What did they call it? They said it was un, unimplementable or yeah. something. I don't know what the word they used was. Is that even a word? Unimplementable? It is now. Yeah, yeah. but I'd be, I'd be interested to see how that goes because there's going to be a lot of footballers out there who are who are very unhappy. Unlawful, um, unlawful, and unenforceable was there. Uh, unenforced. That's a be- That's better than than unimplementable, isn't it? What is undeniable, though, boys, is there is a lot of passion about this. Sorry, Stu, I cut you off there. What were you going to say? No, I like it. I was just laughing at your excellent segue. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love the passion, boys. We're obviously clearly uh, very uh, wound up by this. I'm going to have to go and start a fight with a random stranger just to get rid of all the pent-up aggression. I'm shouting at my computer in my in my TV room. Um, FPL Tractor, one of the KOA Army, just says, League One voted against playing football and now against clubs increasing revenues. What are they actually for? Good question, FPL Tractor. Um, mm. boy, boys, this, I've enjoyed this. It's been good. It's been, it's been condensed quality town content with a lot of kind of ranting against the salary cap as well. Fantastic stuff. Is there anything else that um, you want to discuss before we return to our respective calm working environments. Just that um, in terms, just going back to Stephen Ward briefly, there seems to be yeah. a, uh, seems to be a split on, uh, on people's opinion on that as well. Similar to that Danny Graham stuff, really just between, between the need to bring in the experienced guys and the, uh, and sort or someone with a bit of progression in them. But yeah. for, for, for me, for me, that's a, if he was lining up on opening day as as it switches left back, I'd be I'd be okay with that as long as it did, like Stu said earlier, as long as it did free um, free the club up to go and to go and uh, in, invest in other areas of the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anything else to, to mention, Stu? You want to talk about? No, no other business. I'll try and I know some of that is a bit heavy. The salary cap stuff. I think this will be a bit more of a visual piece of content. So I'll I'll try and. Uh put that together now in terms of what it means for you years one and two for Ipswich going forward so by the time people listen to this that that may well exist on our website Mm. um just leaves me to say obviously uh Roscoe isn't here this week we hope he'll be back with us soon full time um it seems like everyone enjoyed the strike last week and do go and listen to the last uh Ross Meets podcast he did he did one with uh, Michael Chopra um which is the last in the series we put out on Saturday and it's a really really good listen it changed my perception of, of Chopra quite significantly because obviously he, he did some silly things while he was at town. He was very contrite and very kind of honest in talking about 
um, how young and, and, and stupid he was back then, basically. Um, it's a very good listen indeed. <coughs> Hutchie and Stewie, what, have you got anything coming up this week? Anything exciting we can talk about before we go? No. <laughs> no, no, no other business. Brilliant. Okay. Well, uh, make sure you follow us on all the social medias, uh, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Kings of Anglia, and also leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, we haven't had one of those for a while. We've had more than 200 now, which is lovely, but it would be good to get some new ones. Maybe some, some ex-town players could start leaving them again. That was fantastic back in the day. Um, uh, Daniel Amakachi sometimes just leaves us a review now and again. Um, sometimes just leaves us like a verse from the Bible or something like that. That's quite nice. Um, yeah. That was in relation to Andy Andy's exchange of text messages for those that missed on, uh, missed I've not, on that episode. I've not heard from Daniel for a while. He's not texted you. To, he's not texted you to say he'll, he'll always be in you recently. Uh, no, not not recently. But you know that was. I think that was a lifetime offer. So I would, I would, I would hope that he is. But yeah, p- perhaps I don't know. Marcus Evans or Paul Lambert might like to leave a review, or they can be current current people, um, ex players. It'd be oh, nice to get their thoughts. I think. I want one from Drizzy. Drizzy Drynan, that's who we need. By the way, boys, did you see Drynan on the training pitch looking like a young Alan Shearer? It was, it was just a goal. He just, no, no, no. He, yeah. he just, all he did was kick the ball and it went, it happened did you see, to go into did, the net. Did you see how sweetly he struck that, my friend? That was that was uh, sex football, that was. Yeah, he's in trouble. <laughs> What's he done? Just this, no, whole, just... this salary cap's not, not a good thing for you. Not good for the man Drynan, that's a shame. Uh, okay boys that's been good we've had some breaking news we've had some sexy stuff and we've had some very impassioned chat about the salary cap we hope you've enjoyed it if you've listened I'll say do leave us a five star review have a fantastic week Um, let us know what you think about everything we've talked about in the podcast and we'll be back with you again next time let's hit the club from true crime to football Brexit to football more great podcasts from Archon head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.